Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. This week, we're joined by HBC and special guest, the Peacock, Ben Poultridge, and we're going to go through the Japan men's national team wider squad and also talk about Rico. Let's go! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm your uh, host, Doug, the translator. We got co-host HBC and also... Ben Poultridge, the fastest man in Japan. Uh, how's it going, guys? Hello, hello. I was going to say, you've, you've hit desperation pretty early. You've pulled me into the podcast this early in the piece, Doug. Um, it was always the plan. Like, when we've got nothing else to talk about, we'll get Benny Poultridge on, and then, what, fourth episode he's on. <laughs> I sure. thought that was quite good. It's been a long time. We've been pretty consistent. Mm. No, um, you have. It's, it's been good listening. Um, now, I think... Uh, and in terms of intro, we're doing this over Zoom. It's, at the moment, every second episode's been over Zoom, uh, but we're back at home. It's not a holiday for us already. Um, just works time-wise for us to do it at night this time. Um, but H and Benny were both pulling faces as I did the intro. Um, but considering it was off the cuff again this week, I thought it was uh, pretty good. No, I'm happy with that. I think you definitely you keep that one, Doug. Keep it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, got confused because your name on Skype's the Peacock, so I had to call you that. I've never called you that in my life, but now it's going to be your nickname. I did that on purpose just to throw you. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, but uh, obviously we've been back a couple of weeks now after uh, – oh, this is our second week back after our break, but how's our training going? And, um, yeah, how's life in Sagamihara, boys? Yeah, no, good. I mean, I'm still just chipping away at rehab, so I just watch everyone train. But it looks, like that, it looks like that oh, training. Mate, you were a part of training today. Boys are yeah. pumping you up. Oh, yeah, I actually rehab did. running. I was like, well, like last rep, and all the boys line up giving me a clap, and I was like almost ready to throw the towel. And I was like, oh, well, now I have to run because everyone's watching me. Oh, but it was good. I felt nice to be part of training instead of just watching from the sidelines as usual. Yeah, it's a lonely wheel day in the rehab group. Yeah, yeah, nah, I'd get out of that rehab group ASAP. Um, but yeah, nice. Uh, obviously, yeah, like you said, we were cheering you on. It was a great viewing. Uh, and then I think one of the other guys, Masa, he was doing his running like after training. There was just me and maybe Nick Ely watching. And yeah. I was like, oh, what's, what's happening? Um, Ben's got the best yeah. time, prime time. <laughs> no, it's because I was running on the main field. Yeah. Masa did the short straw and decided to run on the B field. And then mm. I guess that's his loss. But yeah. maybe he'll learn from um, yeah, on the main field while we're training, so we just um, have to watch you. Me to Wax gave me the career path. He was like, you don't want to run on that B-field, absolutely not. It's a rehab experience right there. Yeah, it is. That's coming from someone that spent more time rehabbing than actually being part of team training, so <laughs> definitely got a bit of experience what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we've been playing a few conditioning games, playing a a few are doing a bit of training and obviously we had odd numbers today so uh yours truly the translator went on and played and honestly died i, I got real sunburnt i was uh yeah <laughs> looking like death but um you got to earn the treats got to earn the podcast minutes so i'm um, happy days in fact in fairness i reckon that you were probably a pretty suitable replacement for a prop um <laughs> and i think your team actually demolish the other team didn't you like it was a pretty tough watch yeah i was on the receiving end yeah <laughs> it was co-host versus host so you know 
Dougie actually got me a couple of times down the sideline. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty guessed. Oh. Oh. But yeah, they're pairing him up with like the best and the fittest in the in the team. So, geez, our team was just a we were battlers. We were battlers. Yeah. We were, but I think we did our best. Um, average uh, age in your one was like thirty-seven or something. <laughs> uh, you guys yeah, it had was. the oldies. I think. Yeah, <laughs> fitness was the winner. They chucked one one young guy in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, H. Um, but now, uh, obviously, we've got a lot to get through again, and we got two Kiwis on after the Kiwis. Uh, the All Blacks won 53-3 against Argentina. Uh, the country's happy again. Um, but did you catch that game, H? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, um, yeah, nice to see the, the ABS get a win and, and a convincing win too. Um, you know, to put 53 points on a side that's upset uh, a couple of teams in the, in the competition. It's, um, yeah, it was awesome to see. And, but the, the ABS, they were just ruthless and I think everything was clicking that night. Yeah, um, boys running in some really good tries from everywhere, and yeah, passes seem to be sticking. And um, key individuals having a have a blind having a blinder of a game. So yeah, it was, it was awesome to watch. But yeah, the newspapers on Monday morning they were pretty pretty happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiwis are pretty like tough supporters, though. You know, like uh, when we're winning, we're winning, and when we're losing, the boys like to rip in. But it definitely was awesome to um, see the ABs go out there and have a bit of fun, play some good footy. I think um, from what I saw, anyways, it looked like they simply had a bit more like direction and clarity in their attack, and like kind of mm. had, had a plan and stuck to it and executed. And I mean, mm. the points just kept on rolling in. Oh. But no, it was cool. It was really it was fun to watch. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, well, I actually uh, missed that whole game because we, as the Dinobores, had our uh, festival at Ario, which is. Uh, in Hashimoto, close to where we are, it's in a big uh, mall, basically, and it was a cheeky all-day event. Um, everyone could come see the fans. Oh, sorry, the players after two years of COVID, and it was a great event. But by the time I finished, yeah, the All Blacks were uh, long gone, and I got back to watch the um, second half of Aussie South Africa. But that one is a uh, yeah, again, a pretty dominant performance from South Africa. A bit fiery at the end when um. Uh, yeah, we said Mbimpi going over. Yeah, yeah. Just one yeah, of yeah, yeah. He was sick of seeing that tackle go all over the news <laughs> for like a whole week. That would have been all over social media for him too. I mean, tough. That would have been a tough week on social media for him. Every time he's opening Instagram, he's just saying yeah, tackle. Everywhere. <laughs> but, I mean, South Africa played well. I, I, um, I actually quite enjoyed watching that game and seeing South Africa put in a slightly more clinical performance on their behalf. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah. It was a it was a intense game. Like now Real my Instagram feed is like even it's a bit with uh, Alan yeah. Alator, yeah. like that fucking face off. Awesome. I, I reckon all week they were just like building for like they were like the Aussies had obviously got under their skin a bit and like yeah they were just like building for that all week. I reckon like they were so fired up. Like, yeah, I just reckon like the the whole week would have just been around just. No, we are not. We cannot lose these guys again. Like we are going to throw the kitchen sink at these guys, and yeah. I cannot lose them again. But it's cool. It's awesome seeing teams play with a bit of passion and just like rip it into. It's part of footy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was intense. It was a. It was a. They were, they were camping out there. It was intense. Um, but it was obviously. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's us. I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna turn this off. Now. I definitely picked that up real quick. That's good. 
Um, I've said it about four times in my uh, translated career, and that's probably the first time people have understood what I said. Uh, but I love that. Bring more of those in. Doug. Yeah. Mate, you're about ready to have a kid, aren't you? Dad jokes like that. Oh, yeah. I've uh, been ready since I was about 12, I think. I mean, dad jokes <laughs> central. Uh, um, but uh, uh, obviously... We're, I say this every week. We talk about international stuff, and I'm like, we're a Japan podcast. Um, but yeah, there was big news. Uh, the wider, it's a humongous squad, a 52-man squad, I think, um, from Japan came out. There are a few, uh, don't want to go through all 52. They'll be our podcast, and you can just look it up. <laughs> it's everywhere over uh, online. Um, but there are a few notable um, inclusions. We got the number eight, Himeno, uh, who was who's at Toyota at the moment, uh, also played at Highlanders as well for a season. I think he had a bit of a niggle, um, so he wasn't in those uh, earlier tests. And then you've also got uh, Matsushima Kotaro, the winger slash fullback who was at uh, Clement, I think, um, in France for a little while. He's back. Um, but then you don't have last year's or last season's MVP, Hota Shurie, 35 with the shortest shorts in Japan and the dreadlocks. Uh, he's out. Uh, Jamie Joseph apparently uh, said there's nothing wrong with him condition wise. He's just uh, not in the squad. So, um, yeah, I guess thoughts on that squad. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the names, but anyone that excites you or any yeah surprises or anything like that? Um, oh, there's that Rico, is it? The Tyra Main? Oh, yep, yep. yep. He's a, um, a young buck, but he he played for the same club I did on the shore, North Harbour Merit, so it's pretty cool to see them getting some rep on the international stage. And I think he even played that um, that kind of that Matt expedition match against the So it's like he, he's obviously already got some game time, but it'll be cool to see him and see see how he performs on the world stage. And um, that Fafita as well from Kintetsu, uh, just really cool to see. Um, <laughs> two teams getting some representation, you know. Like I, I think it's, um, oh, I've been playing in that for a while now, but there's some pretty good players running around. There's some pretty handy footballers, so it's it's good to see them getting some some representation. Hopefully, see a few more boys getting pulled up from that division into the into the top team if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, uh, obviously, yeah. You got a lot of the guys that um, guys who've always been. You've got the Michael Leaches, the Ben Gunters, the um, Lavis Cacknies, the Nunomaki. He's one of the uh, back rows from Panner as well. Um, you know, a lot of names, but yeah, like you said, I think it's just an opportunity for some of those younger guys and you guys to put their hands up. It's about a year out from, uh, World Cup. So maybe they're just uh, seeing if there's anyone who can take over from shorter Hodier. But, uh, I mean, to be fair, yeah, I think he played what 20 minutes a game last season and, um, I think it was just they were always kind of losing or in a fight, Penner, and he'd come on and they'd always end up winning. So not sure if it was him that caused that per se, but um, yeah, everyone in Japan loved it and he got a MVP. So um, yeah, I guess that's going to be like uh, it's like adds value obviously on the field for the team, but you know off field too. Like you like it is really recognizable and fans love him and stuff like that. So he he brings a lot of like commercial value to the to any squad he's in. So obviously coaches and um, like higher ups obviously have to think of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, he, I think he was one of the only ones named in most articles in terms of emissions. Um, so yeah, everyone knows him. His hair is very uh, symbolic in Japan. Uh, but I think he's always had a bit of um. There's been those Oji-san or the older people being like, oh, you can't have hair like that and represent Japan kind of thing. But he's always uh, done his own thing. And it's, uh, I guess, given a bit of confidence to the younger generation as well. So uh, good on him. And um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people with those short shorts on and 
uh, future games to come as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> nah, it'll be good to see some boys put their hands up for that squad. Hopefully, over the, the autumn internationals, and see who who's really trying to give that the World Cup squad a crack. I'm sure that there's a lot of guys that are pretty keen on who's shooting over to France. Yeah, for sure. Um, and no better way to put your hand up than against the uh, ABs at the end of our uh, next month. So, um, yeah, I mean, whoever wins that as a half Japanese half. Kiwi guy rugby be the winner of the day, but um, I think if uh, Japan win, then yeah, there will just be chaos in uh, NZ. So in terms of you know the health of NZ, I'd probably uh, be going for the NZ for that game. Yeah, but imagine how awesome Shinjuku Shibuya and Rapongi would go after like that. So you're just gonna like there's the other side of the coin there. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. <laughs> Pretty good and high. Mm, um, especially because we've got a week off after that, so this will be a bit of a, a gas panic. Yeah. <laughs> great timing, <laughs> great timing. But nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously we also we are going to talk about Rico Black Rams as well. They've had a few notable uh, signings. Uh, they've already had guys like the uh, Lucas brothers. they got Isaac, obviously, at 10, who uh, was a star last year. Um, yeah, did a lot of uh, things, especially... I think, you know, mainly on attack that were, uh, yeah, great to see in Japan. I think it really suits the Japanese game. And yeah, on top of that, you also have, uh, likes of Josh Goodhue, uh, the lock from NZ, uh, played under 20s, uh, for NZ. You've got, uh, Nathan Hughes, 22 caps for England, uh, the number eight. And then you also have Hadley Parks, who, uh, 29, who has 29 caps for Wales, uh, and also, played two seasons at Panasonic Wild Knights and um, I think according to him uh, he's never actually lost a competitive game in Japan, uh, they're so strong uh, Panera and they have been over the last few years so um, yeah a few good pickups there. Wow that's a hell of a stat yeah. Yeah. that's pretty impressive, I'd kill to have not lost <laughs> in my career in Japan your stat might be the other way around yeah I'm pretty sure I want a negative that's right, um, rugby's winner on the day like Doug said mm. Um, well, yeah, you've probably got more. You've, how many more tries do you have than wins in Japan, do you think? <laughs> I would not know. <laughs> That's a bad stat to have. I don't know. I want to be happy about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think uh, obviously Penna last year technically had two bonus point losses where the other team got two bonus points. But yeah. uh, that was they were both COVID-related, so they won every single game. They finished second only because of those two losses and then, um, yeah, won every game last season to get the championship. So, um, yeah, if there's any team you're going to come to and play for, obviously, if you're looking for that uh, win record, it'd be Panarin, <laughs> obviously, from this year, the Dynaballs, obviously. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah it's uh, not a bad pickup for them, eh? Nah. No, I also think that I, I like that Isaac Lucas, so I reckon mm. he's... Uh, He's a good player. I I thought I was mentioned earlier that I um I was reading a couple of articles that were saying that he would probably be in the Australian setup if he if he was still in Australia. So he's obviously a pretty handy player and he adds a lot of value to that Rico side. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially yeah in a comp like ours, which is a uh, you know quite heavily I guess attack based. You've seen a lot of those uh highlights go up overseas and everyone knows there's kind of an attacking game. I think the defensive side's obviously catching up as well, but um, guys like Isaac Lucas, uh, Nani, Lamapi, that we talked about, uh, they thrive or they're going to thrive over here, I think. Uh, no, yeah, um, it's, pretty, it's definitely a real fun comp to play in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, guys like him do really well. Mm-hmm. It'll be good to uh, interesting to see how good you guys over here as well. Yeah. Another good pickup, I reckon. And then Nathan Hughes, I reckon. 
Um, he could potentially be pretty dangerous. I'm, I'm, he's a pretty strong ball runner, so he could potentially mm. be a big pickup for Rico. Yeah, nice, nice. Their forward pack is going to be ginormous because you're looking at the the is it the Fakatava yep. twins. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Skeeno, Goodhue. Uh, yeah, Jacob Skeen's still there. They mm-hmm. they do uh, love um, stacking a forward pack a bit and like doing that. I don't know, like if they still do it, but I definitely for a while they loved like just the same like Junmei, just like round the corner, like yeah. attacking post defender and just like bullying their way past teams. And I mean, with those kind of pickups, it looks like they might still be kind of like heading in that direction with just like some heavy bully ball and just big men around yeah, the corner, running around the corner, <laughs> and just saying gum butter to the defense. <laughs> <laughs> As a wing, and I'm pretty happy to be standing out there watching the boys go ripper. <laughs> um, yeah, line speed boys. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think, uh, I mean, they didn't do great last year. Uh, they, I mean, NEC last year were the, I guess, the only team, the opposite of Panna, the only team to not win any on field games until they played their promotion relegation. But I think they had, what, two uh, COVID wins, so they were pretty much the exact opposite of Panna. But um, the one game that they almost won that they came closest to was against, uh, Rico. Um, and Rico probably would have, uh, yeah, could have fallen into the bottom three to be in the relegation battle if it wasn't for a few, uh, COVID, um, wins slash losses that, you know, went for them. So, um, nah, I think, uh, that team that's going to definitely be looking to improve. Obviously, um, them not being in that relegation battle is probably a positive thing, but it's not, uh, yeah. I guess where they would have wanted to be in the first place in the past, they have been kind of, they have, uh, yeah, had the potential to be that top half team. So be interesting to see how they go with these three new, uh, foreign players in there. Mm. No, I think, well, I'm hoping the comp this year, we, it should be pretty tight, like, or interesting at least. I think that a lot of teams have recruited really well. Mm. So we, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it all shapes out and stuff. I mean, obviously, you always like, think that it's going to be competitive. And so hopefully it stays that way and we can, I even like us as a team can hopefully, you know, be competitive and try to play some good footy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, worst case, if we keep training the translator, then we can just have a translator, um, you know, show off or, uh, fight off or something. And then I'll be up against mostly middle aged guys. So I think I might have a <laughs> chance there. I'm 90% sure that you're actually registered as one of the players for the team anyways, like, so. You just keep training, mate. Yeah, um, category A. So I'm just, I'm just waiting for the opportunity. I'm trying to put my hand up. We've got our first preseason game this week against the mighty gush that used to play for Benny. Um, but yeah. I didn't get picked. I was gutted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, neither. So <laughs> I was <already> to... <laughs> This podcast, um, um, yeah, full of people who aren't playing this week for good times. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to try and shoot down and watch the game if I can. Mm-hmm. It's always, I'm obviously a born out, so it'll be good to just see my team now beat my old team. You always get a little competitive versing mates and like old teams and things like that. Yeah. So it'll be good to see us get one up on them. Yeah, nice. Because um, I know last year we played them, I think that was our first preseason game as well. But um, I remember you, yeah, when you were uh, sledging their hooker and stuff like oh. he can't throw or he can't throw straight or something and then they, um, he heard you and then he threw a not straight or gave it to us or something and I was like oh there's <laughs> classic Vinny chat yeah I'm, I'm definitely good for some sledging in a game I just leave it on the field though like that they still my mates I think <laughs> <laughs> I even remember I was like a little bit injured last year and I was like 
just like wanted to play them so bad and just kind of like flammed up a storm so I could like get out on the field and just play some body against them. But there might be a gush strategy, it sounds like, try to get Mitsubishi early. Mm. So I, get, I get a scalp on there. Yeah. There's also, I don't know if it still counts because uh, Kurito based in Akashima now, but like the Kanagawa Cup is still like a thing, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. That used to be like an annual derby for the. So this, I don't know, could actually have a bit of silver on the on the cards. I'm not actually sure about that. You'll have to follow that up, Doug. Yeah. Well, I know that um, yeah. when uh, Cannon moved to Kanagawa, that kind of became the Kanagawa Derby. But it was kind of like a, you know, they've they've made that the Derby. It's not like they necessarily had that bad beef or anything. But then you also have Hino, who I think there's always been a bit of history with Hino, and you got the Battle of DD. For the dolphins and the dinosaurs. So, yeah, the red dolphin. Have I told you what the, the, like, the red dolphins' urban dictionary is? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you like, I'm not sure if this is like standard, but mm. if you look up red dolphin and like the urban dictionary meaning comes up, it comes up as like a closet homosexual. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> the red dolphins. It's pretty rough. <laughs> oh. um... So there's just another string to your bow for some sledging. Mm. <laughs> uh, I guess it's just like, a, like it's definitely plausible that Japanese company would have just like, they wouldn't know what Urban Dictionary is. They're like, I wonder if there's any teams called the Red Dolphins and they look it up and they're like, oh, it's in the dictionary, then it must be fine. Um, and yeah. then, you know, that's how it would have gone. And now we have the Red Dolphins. Mm. Yeah, a bit of a lore there. Um, but, um, I will add... Real quick, that I'm definitely seeing a lot more players from Europe coming over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've obviously been here a while now, um, but like when I first got here, when it was only two foreigners per team, it was like all like all blacks and wallabies, mm-hmm. and then like the springbok. Now, obviously, with South Africa getting a bit more dominant, there's a lot more South Africans over here. Yeah, but in seeing that, I'm definitely seeing a lot more guys from Europe too, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, just goes to show that a lot of um. Like teams are just getting a lot more competitive on the international stage, and so a lot of guys are putting up their hands for some spots in Japan, which are pretty hard to come by these days. Um, and then you've got, I guess, the uh, like salary cap stuff in uh, England and all that as well. They've played like a million games a year, so maybe if they're like, man, I want to, I don't mind uh, having what sixteen games a season or something. Uh, then you come over yeah, to Japan, yeah. and um, but yeah, obviously Rico. Um, they've also got uh, Brody Mc. Karen uh, from uh, the Corby Steelers who's joining them um, and then they've also got uh, Harrison Fox as well so a few other guys who were uh, announced a little bit before uh, you got Foxy Foxy I don't know if, oh yeah it is his thing <laughs> I saw his nickname is Foxy uh, he's um, you got Fox who was a uh, geez he's born in the year 2000 on my birthday he's got the same birthday as me oh he's my favorite non-dynables player Uh, foxy (laughs) i love you um but um yeah they've got a few you know young guys uh there as well and uh mccarran obviously was getting he's getting a bit of an opportunity in um uh corbe but yeah he's moved uh to get maybe closer to his brother who's in toshiba maybe uh, just for more opportunity at rico but um nah a few good signings there yeah there's also the island boy jobe Job, Jobe Tav, Tavo. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. I have no idea where he's come from, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just seen that they signed him. Yeah, and but they're calling I was trying to check him out on uh, <laughs> I was trying to check him out where he's come from, but yeah, <laughs> haven't found out. Where did you go? Um, 
I don't. I do reckon Rico have gone out and done some heavy recruiting. Mm-hmm. The looks of them, obviously trying to like improve on like yeah. I think it was a bit disappointing for them. So just mm-hmm. trying to improve on that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it'd be a tight little competition. I mean, obviously, I think Panna and Santori are probably <laughs> still just dominate, but mm-hmm. hopefully, maybe for the lower teams, but hopefully a bit more tighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think in general, uh, it like when I first started my first year, it was like unless it was the top two teams playing each other or the bottom two teams playing each other, it was like um, there's going to be a 50-point difference in the score or something, and that was just, you know, normal uh, a few years ago. Now yeah. it's not as normal, so... I guess it just means it's oh, getting tired. I reckon the comp- competition's got way more competitive. Like, a lot of teams are just, like, you know, just recruiting and training and obviously just getting better. Like, the quality of rugby is just getting better. Um, Zan, Panna and Suntory just have that kind of, like, history and they just get kind of the cream of the crop Japanese boys too, which kind of helps. But I will say that Suntory losing Karevi is a big loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were a tough hole for them to fill so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of manage that yeah uh, mm. especially world cup year right like uh there'll be a lot of people who might not want to come over um in their world cup year might i guess uh hinder their chances of making the squad so if it was the next season after the world cup then there'll be so many off contract um you know internationals who are keen to i guess start looking at that post international career but yeah i wonder who they're going to uh, get thought obviously there's opportunity nani uh was you know, unsigned at that stage, but I guess his one had probably been uh, decided a little while ago, so it wasn't in, uh, wasn't a chance to go to Suntory. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, yeah, I mean, I will, am genuinely interested to see how what, what they do there, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they just don't and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And you, I think I've got some pretty handy Japanese boys that can play second five and stuff like that. Yeah. Like Suntory, just a lot of depth, so. Everything is going hold on to cash until uh, until the World Cup, until mm-hmm. after the World Cup, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just sign everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. There's already three three All Blacks signed at Corbett. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. for after World Cup, you mean? Yeah, after like, World Cup, yeah. Like, after yeah. It was ever sometimes already had to be going on there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the new definition in a dictionary of Dandori Hachibu is Corbett 2023 or 2024 or whatever it is. I've obviously just seen the green light from up top to just spend some serious cash. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that like Nani's there, what, two or three years. Uh, so you can only have a certain amount of registered category C players and that's international players. So I don't know if they're going to just keep deregistering and registering players throughout the season just to I, be able to find people. Hannah used to do that. Eh? Like mm-hmm. they used to like have like, for, like unregistered foreigners, like signed unregistered foreigners that they'd pretty much just have to just train yeah. and like you know um, hold pads and just uh, lift the level of training. And then obviously, like if they train well enough, they could maybe make it into the registered squad. Mm-hmm. But that just goes to show like the depth and kind of like money that Hannah had. <laughs> you know, like you could afford to have paid players that just would never actually play that year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. International players. Eh? Yeah, so that just yeah. Um, I've obviously had you on the potty before, Ben. Um, that was when I first arrived. I'd never actually seen you play. I don't think I'd actually even met you before. Just uh, got you on the Zoom. Um, no, you just you literally like messaged me. You're like, I know you're bored at home by yourself. 
on COVID lockdown, definitely do a podcast. And I was like, mate, I have absolutely nothing else doing. Let's go. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, um, it's 90% talk about nightlife and maybe 5% rugby. Um, but no, it's yeah. a, yeah, it's only a 90%, 95% podcast apparently. But, um, yeah. I guess, uh, you've had a, um, interesting year with the Dynamos again. The first year you were out with your Achilles for the full year. Um, and how was your second year, uh, with the Mighty Boars? Yeah. So obviously, like the Achilles was a pretty rough injury to take. And that was in the last preseason against the closet homosexuals before we, <laughs> we went out there for our first season. Actually, that sucked. That really sucked. And that was a um, long, rough rehab that I was not happy about. And then, so I was pretty primed for the next season. Like I was like, um, it was also contract year. So I was like, I've definitely got to play for whatever else my career might be over. So I was, I was pretty um, kind of amped and like mentally like zoned in to just have a really good season. So I um, took my rehab really seriously and did everything I could to put myself in a position to play some good footy. And then I had like a bit of a fairy tale start to the season. I was like really enjoying it, and you know we were getting some good wins and. I think, I think, oh, I'm about to speaking for myself here, but we were just really enjoying playing footy. Like the, we were just enjoying it, and um, and then unfortunately I did my ACL about halfway through the season, and so I've just been back on the, the rehab train. But I've, I've definitely enjoyed my time at the Boars, um, and I, I had a, I had a really, really, really fun season last year. Finally getting to play some rugby and debuting, and um, looking forward to hopefully being back in time. For season start this year getting back out there with the boys and hopefully again playing some fun good rugby yeah nice nice um and h you obviously got to play a couple of games with uh the poultridge but uh what was it like um he's finally getting out on the field with him yeah it was pretty awesome but i feel bad because i was the one we made a short break down the sideline and i was the one that passed him the ball and then afterwards he hit me up about this being like oh why don't you do that and i was like Mate, I do that every day of the week. That's open space. I'd, like, I'll be gutted if it doesn't. I was waiting for the chip and chase. Then I'd have yeah, that would have been a better option. On the inside. Yeah. But, but I know how you're kicking it. So. You can't be like, oh, if I'd done this, I wouldn't have got injured. I kind of think, like, oh, it's not fate. I hope it's not fate. But it just, like, it's happened. And, you know, like, it's a, it's a sucky injury to have. It's, like, two big operations in two years. So hopefully that's it for me and um, leg injuries and operations. Like, yeah, just touching all the wood like, here. So <laughs> I'm definitely sick of the old rehab with the old mate John Torrio. <laughs> this it's a she's a tough, tough um, life with that man. <laughs> yeah, he loves a rehab member. Eh? Yeah. He um well who's he got he's got muster at the moment, so he's only down to one. And I think you might be the last one coming I through. I think he gets like a little bit like like almost like itchy itchy things that you feel like he like needs someone to just like thrash like if, anyway, if he doesn't have a, he gets like he just feels like he, he doesn't know who he is. like this is a bit of his identity if he doesn't have someone to just like thrash every training he almost gets excited when he gives me my menu every morning like he like hands it to me laugh it's the like, pages he gives like you. A, like a double white hurt and then like some off feet boxing and like my running menu like this man <laughs> absolutely uh, serious yeah you look at his uh, credentials he's like I, I've never actually been a trainer I just like bullying people so. pain yeah I'm actually really good at just putting people in pain and pushing them to their limits uh, yeah. I'm sure he knows what he's doing but it definitely seems like 
it's a tough <laughs> some tough times with them yeah um well hey the way that you're running today looks like it's all paying off so no, that's i don't know if that's him or that's just goffy calling me every week asking me how to get me a menu i've got two people trying to give me menus <laughs> um but it was uh interesting uh when you had your um like actual injury i remember coming through the mics you telling our then trainer uh tommy you're like i can go back on i'm fine um and obviously like it that's probably how it felt when you did it but um yeah it's crazy to think that you know we were thinking man we shouldn't have taken you off and then the next day it's like oh he's done his atl kind of thing but uh, oh mate i did not like when i did my achilles i was like oh yeah like I just said, I can't walk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely done something. Whereas like ACL, I was like, oh, just feels like I'm like someone, like something's just weird just happened, but I feel all good. And I, even like I was running around with my son next day at the park, <laughs> literally just running around with him. And then I get a call from the like the team physio, Tommy. He's like, oh, the doctors just called me, you ruptured your ACL. And I was like, no way. Like, let's get a rescan. Recheck, recheck. Yeah, recheck. Honestly. And I was like, I got the scans and sent them to like, um, some team like some sport doctors back home in NZ, and I was like, "Can you just triple check this? Like, this my leg does not feel like I've got an ACL rupture." But um, obviously that was just because I rehab my left leg so well, <laughs> my Achilles. That I just had a just had a bit of muscle lying around on my knee that was looking after me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I was definitely ruptured. So um, luckily, I got I was um, allowed to go home for surgery, which is pretty cool, and pick up a good sports doctor back home who who looked after me. Yeah. And then flew down with coffee and did a few a few um, physio sessions with him. So hopefully it all works out. Can play some footy this year. The Drew, the Drew. Um, well, you've already been on the podcast. I've asked you a few questions uh, before, but I guess uh, just to recap, I'll ask you a few different ones. But uh, uh, who's the most annoying person in the team? Oh, that apart from you. Yeah, a lot of people would say me. Well, I reckon I just had a bit of value to but he runs daily lives. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Dylan can get pretty, like, <laughs> annoying, for sure. He sits opposite me. He always steals my protein powder as well. I'm like, mate, I'm going through this at, like, double rate. I'm like, why are you in protein powder? You big mammoth. And he's always asking for lifts. I don't know, like, the man lives by himself, he's got his own car. Like, I'm like, mate. I don't know, like, what you're up to. <laughs> he's actually got. We're all driving scooters, well. and he's driving a car, and he's asking for a lift. Yeah, I know. Like, the man must have a phobia nah, of uh, training. Nah, the man just bored, and he wants some company, so I get mm. that. Um, Sammy Tonkit, he's pretty good value, but he can get annoying too, I guess. Nah, I don't know. I'd probably go with recently Dylan now, just because I like to throw a bit of shade his way every now and then. Well, wouldn't you? Um, I almost want to see his reaction while he's like listening to this podcast. Just like it would probably just add a bit of like <laughs> happiness to my life just to see how he reacts. Yeah, I might ask him to listen to it and then I'll just video it and just put it up as um, extra content. But um, I mean, your review of his podcast last week was classic. You had a few uh, things you wanted to call him out on, I guess. So, oh, yeah, what the guy like caught one train his whole time with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely settled, but I reckon the man's got some solo exploring to do for mm-hmm. sure. To be fair, he does actually hit onsens all the time, which yeah. is like super Nihonjin. Yes, mm-hmm. like that guy. That's like a real Japanese thing to do. And in the middle of the summer, he, like, too. absolutely froths an onsen. Like, he's he's messaging me like every second day asking to onsen with him. Like <laughs> I would, but I've got a child to look after. Yeah, but um, 
I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that he's like explored Tokyo to like the extent that you can mm-hmm. when you're living here by yourself because like once you get a partner up here or once you, you know you have a kid, you know, like the time to do that kind of stuff dwindles away pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So and Tokyo is like I've said before is a really really cool place with a lot of cool small little things that you know there's so much you can go to Shinjuku like every day for a week and just do and find so many different things. Yeah, you learn the rest of the Japan. So. Yeah, like I like I said, there's it's a, a pretty expensive place. There's a lot of stuff you can. Yeah, uh, well, I think there's a uh, not really. The, I mean, there's probably nothing scarier than getting on train your first ever train for the first time, and you don't know the language and stuff. But yeah, uh, like I said, um, I've it's just about getting lost. lost. Yeah. I've been lost so many times on so many different trains. Like it's part of this. It's literally part of the experience. Eric. Like you're just stuck on a local to like nowhere, and you have no idea what you're doing. Like it's, it sucks, but you've got Google Maps now. I remember when I first got here, I was like printing out directions, and then like if you got on the wrong like train line or wrong station, it was like game over. Like, you're just seeing my sending people trying to. Like, There's not on my paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what are UH uh, gonna fire away your regular questions? Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, are you a coffee or a tea man? I reckon I'm a coffee man. I'm similar-ish to Dylan here where I'm not like a huge coffee snob. Like I can't like tell the difference between roasts, but I definitely appreciate like an espresso coffee over like a canned coffee from a vending machine or like the machine, you know, like when you spend like 500 yen on like a cappuccino and it's like the button push and you can see the two little lines. Like that breaks me. Like that breaks me. I'm like, man, like this hurts real deep down. Yeah, and you're paying 100 yen at the convenience to get it. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite fizzy drink? I know you're like a man of fizz. Oh, like- um, I think like you can't go past the Coca-Cola in the sense that Coke is probably just like a classic. But I will definitely dabble in a Mountain Dew. Like if I see that in a vending machine, nine times out of ten, I'll just buy it because it's so rare. That's really like rare. A yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll literally like a, like a needle in a haystack. Like you find a got Mountain Dew, like buy it because mm-hmm. you're not going to see it again for like – Another three blocks, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, they are pretty rare. I'm the same. Like, I will pick up yeah, a Mountain yeah. Dew. Eh? I remember when I used to play for the, the Mighty Gush and we used to play at Mitzi, and Mitzi used to have Mountain Dews in their vending machines. And I used to like get excited to go play at Mitzi because I knew that after the game I was going to buy a Mountain Dew. And then I like came here, and then lo and behold, the Mountain Dews are gone from the vendors. I was like, fuck. That's why you signed. It's actually probably a good thing. Like, my skinnies would be out the gate otherwise. <laughs> Uh, last one was that's uh, favorite favorite biscuit. Uh, I can't go past. I hear you ask this question all the time, and every time I think Tim Tams, like, buy just original. Uh, yeah, yeah. You go to original because there's an, this is a, a tip from Big Wife of Palu, but original Tim Tams have two extra in them than the other ones. So, like, is the it? caramel or dark chocolate, whatever, only come with nine, I think. And original Tim Tams, 11. Bang, like, value for wow. whatever money, whatever value money. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. So there's Ben Ben's pro tip number eight. Buy originals. Tim Tams. Bang for buck. I've got one for you. H. Are you a folder or a scruncher for toilet paper? Folder. I've oh, got yeah. a process. I've got a process <laughs> how it comes up. Yeah. yeah. What if, if, that, if that process gets like disjointed or like destroyed? Do you just have to go again? Like if you, nah, find, I, if just, you I start roll. again, yeah, I start again. Oh, Not yeah. from the roll, but I take, a, take oh, out yeah, the roll do and it, fold yeah. it and do start again. Yeah. Toilet yeah. paper in Japan is quite thin. So like 
like I reckon compared to back home. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know. If you're running into first, that's just a first running into a train station, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, like I reckon what they were here is just like one ply or one point five ply maybe. You can get the twos, but I think everyone gets the ones because uh, everyone just uses the washlet. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a question back at you guys. Do you guys use the buttons on the toilet? Oh, the bidet. Oh, mm. the like the yeah. Oh, I think like if I have like kimchi the night before, if I've had like a curry, absolutely. <laughs> you like, don't even have to go to the like, toilet. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I'm taking away from Japan when I move back to NZ is the toilet system. I'm swearing heaps on this podcast. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon it's so good. Uh, I go back to New Zealand and I'm just like sit on a, a cold OG toilet seat. Like, oh, a man. cold toilet seat, yeah. yeah. It's sucks. Cold toilet seat gets me back home because we're always back there for winter as well. So, like, you get in and you're like, ooh, like, I was not prepared for this. Dandori Hachiru. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, I think when I was a kid and stuff, when I first came over, I mean, I was born over here, went back to NZ, learnt how to use a toilet, came back, and I was like, man, it's so weird um, to use, like, the washlet kind of thing, the bidet thing. Mm. And then my mum was like, well, when you, you know, have a shower, like, when you want to clean your body, you don't just use heaps of tissues and try and clean your body. You get wet, you know, you use water um, to clean yourself, and it's just the same as what you're doing, but for your bum. And I was like, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. When you explain it like that, yeah. I don't, I don't use it every time. Mm-hmm. Like... But what? I, yeah, I, there, there is like there's a time and a place. I reckon. Um, not for wheeze. <laughs> not for wheeze. <laughs> I definitely. I remember like vividly. Um, me and my mate went into a appointment and we got. It was like a dress up party, but we brought our outfits in, and then like we got changed to Kambini. and so we went into the Kambini and we went into the toilet because oh we need to get changed. So we're just in the toilet quickly getting changed, and he like, you know how like sometimes the controls are like on the stop not on the toilet they're like on the side like they're a panel yes and hit, yeah. like, elbows hit something i don't know what and then like the but I, I haven't noticed and then the bidet thing's coming out and it's just like spraying water like through the bathroom and we're like getting changed and then i'm like panicking and then like you know when you're in that kind of panic station you like can't really find the buttons that you need to find and like because he was like on that side so i was like trying to reach behind him and he's like freaking out and all this water's going everywhere out but just get like absolutely soaked and then like <laughs> honestly we literally just opened the door just walked out and the thing was just like still spraying like, like we just panic station and get um i think most <laughs> of them now you need to actually be sitting on it like it needs a pressure on it otherwise it doesn't uh, yeah, shoot yeah. Um, or else that happens mm, yeah yeah because yeah, it you can hear it like building up, eh? When you sit down, and go, brum, brum, brum. <laughs> yeah, powering up, eh? Oh man, uh, getting a, ready to go. What a what a podcast! But um, I mean, high pressure or mid mm. pressure or low? You know, you got the you got the temperature as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's like these. If you seen like there's like a map button, sometimes you can like like mm. you like yeah like it's it's got like a full on like mapping system. A lot of them. <laughs> Uh, it's like a Roomba. <laughs> it remembers like, the like a movie that I watched, and it was like with the wash lip, but it was like voice activated. So you'd have to be like, move right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't remember now, but it was actually quite a funny movie. Yeah, and then you just uh, happen to be listening to it's like to the left, to the, and then just goes all the way. But I think uh, once I was at my auntie's house, something I was pushing, and then I was pushing stop, and it wouldn't stop, and there was just like panic of like, what am i going to do if i stand up then it's going to go everywhere it's like what is happening and then i just ended up 
because I know it's done by like the power, the electricity. So I just pulled the wash the pipe out of the um, wall, the plug out of the wall, and then it stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so like that's smart. Power. You're for like the full power reset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just like abort. I didn't know what to do. I had to go to work in like 10 minutes. I was like, what is going to happen? Um, but yeah, so if you're ever in that situation, just pull it out at the uh, plug. But um, no, this is great rugby content, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, the old, is it just Japan Weekly now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just Japan. Um but uh, obviously, it's been uh, great having the man Ben Poultridge on. Um, yeah, he's always great value, always has an opinion, um, loves the chat, and we love chatting to him as well. If you've ever got uh, two hours to spare, uh, give Ben a call, and uh, he'll make sure he'll be able to fill it with great content. So um, that's... I can do someone there off. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> do you want to be part of, like, we'll create a Patreon, and it'll be like, if you pay, I don't know, five bucks a month, you get one call with Ben and he can just, uh, you can just chat rugby or chat code. <laughs> Is that like my side gig? I need that since I'm just literally on the sidelines the whole time. I'm be running two good jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, you can do it while you're running as well. But, uh, thanks again, H, uh, for coming on. Do you have any parting words of wisdom? Another favorite Japanese phrase. Mm, uh, yeah, we, uh, we know your one is done. What's it, it uh... I've got another that? one recently because I've been with my mate Jun the whole time. Manchin soy. Oh, yeah. There you go. What was, what was you, it? Manchin soy? Man, nah. <laughs> Manchin soy. It means Manchin like, soy. I think I like the direct translation is like my whole body is in pain. But it's like a more of like a I'm just I'm, an, I'm hurting kind of thing. Like Jun's really like taking me to town. <laughs> to Jun town. Yeah. Mansion soy. It's another one of those like real old, mm-hmm. not very often used phrases, kind of like Dandori Hachiru. So I, I keep trying to kind of keep the boys on their toes a bit with like their old Japanese. Like yeah. stop trying to just use school Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't, you're not like yaba and stuff. You just uh, uh, like oishi. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I think both those words you you actually taught me. So um, who's the translator? You know. Yeah, Ikenya. There's a few I got up my sleeve. Oh, Ikenya, yeah. H, do you know Ikenya? I've heard it. You're, I think you're Itakotu sitting in it at the moment. Ikenya. Yeah, just like a... Only because, it. only because when you're in Japan, when they refer to a mansion, they refer to like a hotel, uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. And that's mm. been in me for like a long time. Like, you live in a mansion? I was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm like, in <laughs> this tiny apartment. <laughs> like, yeah, the mansion. I was like, what? No, like... <laughs> I'm so confused here. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, they even like Mario's Japanese and they've got like Luigi's Mansion, which is a huge building. But then when yeah. they're talking about mansions, it's like a one bedroom apartment with, you know, um, half a toilet or something. So, yeah. And then you're like, I don't live in a mansion. I live in a Kenya. And they're like, oh, so you get it. Kenya is like a standalone house. So it's just basically what every other country has more of. Um, if you have a Ikenya in the city, like you guys are, well, both technically in Tokyo and you have Ikenya, so, um, you know, must be nice. Out, severe outskirt, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, I think the, the old, the miso soup definitely appreciates having, live it being in a house as opposed to an apartment, but I definitely didn't mind either way. Mm-hmm. Pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, you don't hear the kids above you running around if you're in an Ikenya, unless you have kids. And a second story. <laughs> yeah. um, but nah, 
more to clean. Or concierge. Yeah, you get a concierge in an apartment or a mansion, should I say. Um, yeah. You know, and normally, like, the rubbish system's a lot easier to mm-hmm. run. But yeah, a few different things here and there. Yeah, nice. Um, I mean, mansion is, like, the flash apartment in terms of they've got, like, to get in, you have to have a key to get into the actual big building. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah, like you said, you've got a guy on the yeah. door. And then you go into your little shoebox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you're in the mansion. Mm-hmm. But um, you're in the mansion. I think um, that I'm in an actual apartment, uh, which is like a mansion. But, I mean, anyone can come up to my door. Um, so, like, there's no uh, – they call it auto lock. So, you know, just like a door that you need a key to get into – in, to get into the building um don't have one of those so anyone can literally come up to my you know front door obviously they need a key for us so i mean i don't care but i think um yeah it's just a little bit more security in a mansion i don't know that so that's good to know that's like that's the the theory behind mansion mm. oh, yeah. the, the i suppose you've got like a concierge or like a butler almost like mm. they can do heaps of stuff for you like i used to get into book haircuts and stuff for me sure yeah because i was kind of like hanging around mm. waiting to like do stuff a lot of the time yeah, no. And they take your mail for you. Like they sign for like packages mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, you know, like mate, those guys put them where. Mm, I mean, yeah, you can't live in a mansion or work in a mansion for free, you know. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, sorry, were you gonna say something? Yeah. Sure, gonna. Eh? <laughs> um, but- is that your is that your, <laughs> your parting phrase? <laughs> That was my parting phrase. Sure, gonna. Eh? Sure, gonna. Like it can't be helped. Oh shit, happens kind of thing. It is what it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, thanks again for coming on, everybody. It's uh, been another great week uh, of code. Um, like we said, we've got going to have a few preseason games to review from the Mighty Boars. I don't know if you'll be able to watch them anywhere. If you can, I'll share them on the Japan Rugby Weekly socials. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on again. If there's anyone in the team or in playing in Japan at the moment that you want to listen to, make sure you uh, comment or send us an email if you've got any questions for the boys uh, obviously we can get ben on at any time to answer <laughs> questions um he's very free apart from when he's uh training or playing with his kids or hanging out with his family um but yeah oh sorry or bowling um but well, yeah. um yeah thanks again uh for coming on and we'll uh catch you again next week Sweet. thanks for listening to another episode of the jrw podcast make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it and don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>